Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Good Enough with Stefano Sanzo. I am your host, Stefano Sanzo, and this is not how I normally talk, but I just wanted to play around with it. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, for coming back. I cannot fucking believe I have regular listeners to a podcast in 2019. I'm a straight white dude with an audience. It's fucking awesome. I don't care. I don't even care if there's three of you. That'd be great, but there's a a little bit more than that. But welcome back to the good few. I love you guys, and things are moving. Uh, tickets are moving for the for the center stage show. This is our, this is the last time you have to hear about it. Other than later on in this episode, we plug it. But after after this episode airs, the show is going to happen. So you are you're gonna have to hear about how it went, whether it was good or bad, for sure. But tickets are moving. Like there's at this point, there's enough of an audience where. Whether or not, like, it's going to be a good show. I know there's enough people in the audience that night that it's going to be a good show. That's enough for comedians to play with. Yeah, so it's going to be great. But by now, you've heard everyone on the lineup uh, as far as Harper Lyles, Kevin Dolan, myself, of course, as the host. And in this episode, you're going to be hearing your headliner of the evening, Daniel Calwhite. Dan Calwhite. Calwhite, as I call him. And he calls me Sanzo. Uh, like that's some big deal of a nickname. It's my last name. We call each other our last names. That's all. But he is so goddamn funny. This is the longest episode of Good Enough to date, but for a good reason. It was awesome. It, him and I have a well. He has a natural rapport with everyone. I'm not gonna pretend that I added so much to the conversation that that's the reason why we just kept going. It's. I mean, I I'm a good fucking host. Obviously, I'm a good fucking host. That's I'm hosting the show coming up. I'm hosting this podcast that you listen to regularly. So yeah. I, I, I could pull off the job, but Cal White is funny as shit. He's got some awesome anecdotes, awesome stories, an awesome perspective on life and in this world, and it was a joy to have him in studio. Uh, I, I, I think he is going to be a regular. I think I'm going to try to have him back like maybe once a month or once every couple of, you know, every few weeks, whatever it is, because he's the kind of guy who I could just keep on talking to, and that's what I'd like to have on the show, people that I could talk to often, but other than that, things are going great. Uh, once again on this episode, I retell the story of my teeth, but Cal White, as a, an expert storyteller, walks me through it, and I think I finally nail it. I, I you know, we, we figured out some of the talking points of why that story is good. Obviously, there's, there's obvious reasons why it's good, but I've told people before that I'm a fucking terrible storyteller, and which, what? You're a, you're trying to become a professional host, and you're a professional comedian? Well, I'm a comedian. I don't know if I'm a professional comedian, but every now and then, I do get paid to do comedy, and you're a bad storyteller? Yes, yes. I could get better at it, but currently, I feel like I'm a bad one, but I, you know, I do all right. But uh, thank you, as always, for coming by. I don't. Oh, I do actually have some stuff to plug. I don't have. I don't have a name for this segment yet. I'll probably name it in the future when I have a better idea of it. Uh, but I want to be more supportive. Uh, obviously, you guys know that I'm supportive of the arts, the performing arts, but not just the performing arts. Um, the the arts in general. Anyone with a creative pursuit, as I said in the last episode's intro, always act on creative impulses. And there are people, because of what I've been doing for the past few years, I've amassed a, a many friends who who do things creatively. And not just friends, even people I don't know. I just want to support things in my local sphere, in my sphere of influence, that I want to start using the show to promote. And maybe these people will be future guests, maybe not. But more importantly, I just want to get things out there. So... Uh, first off, I want to promote uh, a comedian, a fellow comedian friend of mine who uh, who has a podcast. His name is Aug Stone. I believe that's August. And his podcast is called Young Southpaw. 
And as far as I know, it's at least available on Google Play Music. I don't know about any other things, but it's definitely available there. So that's something you could go and check out. Someone who's going, putting themselves out there and trying to do something that's uh, not just run-of-the-mill everyday stuff. He's he's trying to be creative and trying to you know start his own thing. I don't know what that podcast is about. I haven't listened to it, but you could go find out and tell me about it if you'd like. Other than that, uh, something a really big deal that I'd like to promote. Uh, Andrew Morgan, he was on episode nine, I believe, uh, my father's daughter. That's actually one of my favorite episodes and it's not listened to enough. So if you are, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, if there's anyone that I think you should go back and listen to, it's episode nine with Andrew Morgan, my father's daughter. It's one of my favorites. That's where the good few, where I came up with the good few was that episode's intro, but I don't want to keep rambling. I want to promote his thing. So he has, uh, so Martin Scorsese's film, the Irishman, it's a, it's a Netflix only film and it's releasing soon, is playing for a limited time in uh, one theater between New Haven and Hartford. He's going to be there to meet and greet people on opening night on November 15th, folks. Mark that down in your head. That's the night before... Uh, what is that? That's the night before my show? Yeah. Opening night is November 15th, and he's going to be doing live interviews and maybe some giveaways. He says tickets are on sale now, and they're going fast. And he has uh, he has a website, uh, the uh, a, a fistful of jokes, which is his website that you know puts on comedy shows and his podcast as well. And he he was awesome on that episode, and it was really great. You you really should support him. He's super involved with uh with entertainment you know he he puts on incredible comedy shows like national touring acts i would love to be on one of his shows one day if that would ever be possible but he is a a good friend a good comedian a good father god damn it that episode was good we learned a lot so if you go and check out episode nine with andrew morgan you'll learn a little bit about him and uh, uh november uh, November fifteenth, go out and see his his meet and greet that he's going to be doing at the at, at, uh, at the Irishman. It's going to be real interesting. Uh, go follow, uh, j- j- go look at that episode. He'll plug some of his socials as well. But yeah, go to his website, uh, A Fistful of Jokes. That's his thing, and you could learn a little bit more information about what he's doing. But with that said, that's everything I wanted to plug this week. I have some others. Uh, actually, listen, you're a listener. Are you creative? Do you have some sort of creative pursuit? I'm not just talking about like. If you have like an Etsy shop, if you have something where people could go and look at and go support you, you're a listener of mine and I'm interested in supporting you. I'm interested in promoting you. So if you have the courage to message me, to go out on a limb and put yourself out there, I would like to talk about you in one of these shows, in one of these episodes. I will I will plug you into this intro because I want to support people doing creative things, especially if they're my listeners. So you know I'm always you know I'm always getting that out there. So please message me, contact me in any way, and I'll see if I can fit you into an episode of Good Enough and you become part of the Good Enough family. So I don't have a, a, a seg- I don't have a name for the segment of promoting other people's stuff, but I'll come up with something eventually. That said, that's everything I need to say. Please come out to the show. Please come out to this show on November 16th, Saturday. It's a really big deal for me. It's something... It's one of the, it's half the reasons I even joined Center Stage was I one day wanted to put on a comedy show there and I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be on my game and so are all my comedians. It's bound to be a really good show. Bring your own beer. $20 a ticket. You cannot go wrong. That's everything I need to say today. I'm going to let you get to episode Jesus Christ. I'm starting to run I can't, I'm starting to be hard to remember what episodes are what, but I'm pretty sure this is episode 17. Episode we're, yeah, I know it's episode 17. Episode 17 with Daniel Calwhite. Thanks for coming by, folks. I love you. Couldn't afford the right
Of course. Line now? Okay, my line. Uh, deserves got nothing to do with it. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Mm. I like that a lot. Okay, so does that make you? Uh, what do you call it? When uh, and out- what does it go when like based on the effort you put into something or outcomes or something? What? No. What is? Why would you say that? <laughs> All right. Have you ever seen the movie Unforgiven before? No, definitely okay. not. So Clint Eastwood made a movie in 1992 called Unforgiven. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the greatest westerns, if not one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay. All right. So Clint Eastwood, 1992. So I think he's like maybe 62 years old or so. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit older. I'm negative one at this exactly. point. Exactly. Yep. You're gorgeous, not existing baby. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie comes out. Wins. I, I believe it won Best Picture in 1992. But he's playing this grizzled old killer that has to go back out. Great and role for you. Get revenge. On these two, these dudes that cut up a prostitute in this one town, big whiskey. Just one prostitute? Yeah, but it was enough. Ah. They don't need a lot. That's true. That's when true. When you're a murderer, one um, prostitute is enough. Folks. So, but he used to murder when he drank, right? So that was the thing. Right. He doesn't have the stomach for. Hey, we all got our thing when we drink. Right. Exactly. I don't murder. Mm-mm. I usually party. Right. But Clint Eastwood, in this, for instance, murders. Murders. Okay. So he's going to go out and kill these two cowboys that done cut up this one prostitute, right? Mm-hmm. So the town big whiskey, right? <laughs> Why did you just turn into a southern man? Because it's southern how, old man talking to you. That's how you tell the story. I'm glad I brought whiskey with me. Yeah. That's, um, this is the kind of thing you sip whiskey to. Here we go. That's sipping whiskey. Mm. So anything. Anyway, great flick. So he goes into town. He gets the shit kicked out of him by Gene Hackman. Um, I mean, I'll tell you the whole fucking thing uh, leading up to it. He, uh, Morgan Freeman decides he doesn't want to roll with these dudes anymore. He's right. like, I'm going to go head back home. They go to kill I've the other cowboy. i enough of you motherfuckers. He gets caught. Oh, no. They beat him to death. No. Clint Eastwood finds out. He starts drinking again. This one prostitute comes out and they go, they said how you was really, your name was Will Money and you was killing women and children. And he goes, hell, I killed everything that walked or crawled one time or another. Jesus Christ. So he's got to go back into town, right? And he fucking blows up every, everybody in this bar. So Gene Hackman is lying on the ground and he's wounded and he looks at Clint Eastwood. And so like for the whole movie, he's been building this house like by himself, trying to make a name for himself, whatever, because he's mm-hmm. also an old man. Right. And he just goes, he's, uh, Clint Eastwood's got the fucking gun pointed at his face. And he goes, Gene Hackman on the ground goes, I don't deserve this. I was building a house. And Clint Eastwood goes, deserves got nothing to do with it. That's fucking incredible. And that line to me is, because I think I was 10 when I saw that in the theater with yeah. my dad. Um, and that resonated with me. Cause yeah, like, I was about to ask that. Life isn't fair. Nah. Is what he's trying to say. Right. So deserve doesn't exist. Anyone that says, I don't deserve this or I deserve this. Fuck you. Deserves got nothing deserves, to do with it. Deserve doesn't exist. It's non-existent. So right. any, like that helps me mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. If I feel like I'm not getting a fair shake, I just go, oh, nobody really gets a fair shake. Like, no. we're lucky enough, not to expound, but I've had a few beers and a couple of shots of whiskey. The only way I'll have you, <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> but like, we're lucky enough... To, Hold on, before we go into it, yeah. this, I never go this long without introducing my guest. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and 
gentlemen, this is going to be fucking great. Uh, one of my first friends in comedy, he is headlining uh, the center stage, center stage's first show, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, really ha- happy to have him in studio. Daniel Cowwhite, how you doing, man? This is gorgeous studio. <laughs> that's fantastic. Thank you very much. It's not my studio, but it is the studio I am fortunate enough to operate out of. So. It's beautiful. The sound is incredible. It's it is right. Did you paint it? I didn't paint it. That's like I said. The produce my producer owns the studio. It's all his. I am just his client. But we, you know, all, we work together a lot, obviously. And I'm actually going to have him on a future episode because he's an interesting fella himself. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, it sounds good, right? It's good. Yeah. Also, I mean, I like the color. Is it orange? It's orange. You'll see it in better light. It's closer to like a yeah, I guess orange, like a, yeah. like a somewhere in between a red. Well, because it's orange. the Royal Fox Studio, and foxes tend to be orange. Yes, correct. Yeah, so correct. I so, get so, it. So we're is picking it? up some fox uh, fox colors in here. You got yeah. that much color. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But uh, so yeah, no, I, that's a that's a really good point to bring up. Mm-hmm. I I I, I can see why that line stuck with you for so long. It's also good. It's a good way to keep you not just like you know, oh, I didn't. I feel like I didn't get a fair shake, but nobody gets a fair shake. At the same time, good line to keep you humble too. Like when you think you got something, just remember you didn't fucking. De- you don't deserve it. as good as hard as you put that work into you. You might not still deserve it. You know what I mean? Like maybe you got something better than you deserve. It doesn't fucking matter. Does I agree? Deserve doesn't really. There's nothing wrong with confidence. No, of um, course not. Like I've gotten so much confidence from comedy. Um, it just, helps. Yeah, like it's. So like, and that's it. Like, I don't really get nervous before I go up. And, you are a cool operator for sure. I've always noticed that with the way you perform, man. It's like how I was talking to you before you get on stage. You get on stage and you're still exactly that person. Right, because like, and like the thing I say is I've been good at it more times than I've been bad. That's a fucking badass way to look at it. <laughs> right, and that's it. That's, but that's a really badass way to look at. It. I like that. And you're not, and it's not a sport really because you're not competing against anybody except for yourself. But yourself, correct. So it's like you can't, you can't beat yourself. You know what I mean? True. You can be better than the person you were before. Right. Um, you're not competing with other comics on the show. Like, that's the, like, I always think it's funny when, like, you'll do, like, a showcase show and somebody be like, oh, that guy just crushed. Good luck following that. It's like, I'll be fine. It's a different story. <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, he did well, and then you do, you also, it's it's a completely different story afterwards, really. You you might have to ride the wave of what they were doing before you to to kind of like, you know, it has to be acknowledged. If they absolutely murdered the room, you can't just start telling your jokes the way you tell them. It's just like at least ride off the wave and then get back into what you're going to Well, yeah, do. you go up and you go, holy shit, that was fucking incredible. Right. Keep it going for so-and-so. Exactly, exactly. Wow, and then you go, and then you go, because you kind of want to bring it back down. You don't want to lose the energy, but you want right. to bring it back, back down to zero you gotta, for you. You got fr- to dial it into your energy. So right. just... Don't forget about who was just up there. Exactly, But realize that's that's that not, I'm different. Exactly, that's not how, that's not... You know, you got to acknowledge, yes, it's a comedy show, but you got to acknowledge the reality of the situation. Someone was just on stage and it was uproarious and crazy and the audience loved them. Deal something with that. You could make a joke off their last joke. You could just talk about what a crazy performance was, but quickly get back into what you're doing. Right. right. I, yeah. And it's and it's interesting. Like, I'll see that kind of happen at open mics where, like, someone will go up and there'll be a bit of a crowd. Right. And uh, someone will go up and just, they won't get their attention. Right. Right. So they won't. And it's just like. Ah, oh, that crowd sucked, and it's like it's an open mic. It's you, not even a crowd. Well, first of all, you didn't really do anything to get their attention, right. like their voice, the way you project. You haven't. You were talking like under yourself, mm-hmm. and you clearly weren't confident, right? And like, so Dan Rice usually works on Tuesday nights. This is just one example. Mm-hmm. So I host my PST mic, and he'll come down Plug late. That. What's it called? Uh, Pacific Standard Tavern. I do it every other Tuesday it's, in New Haven, uh, two twelve Crown Street. New Haven, cool. um, every other Tuesday. So we just had one this Tuesday, so not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. 
but Dan Rice has to work, so he'll right. get there usually last. And like, so I'll have someone go up and get nothing. But he'll go up, and he'll know how to project, and he also has something interesting to say. Oh, so does. this bad crowd all of a sudden is laughing at this shit mm-hmm. that he's saying. It's like, oh, clearly you just didn't know how to do it. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's something to that. Hell yeah. Now, uh, something something I love to ask all my guests, uh, pretty, pretty much the first thing I ask all my guests once we get past all the pleasantries uh. is, um, what makes you happy, Dan? Oh, let's see. Um, I like being around my friends. Cool. My now, friends is that only comedy friends, or do you have friends that are normal people? When I had normal people friends, so my old normal people friends um, got boring. Really? Or they got married or mm-hmm. whatever horse shit. So they're they're not as they're not available. Right. Um, but like I've made a lot like so um one of my friends from work, Kelly, uh I'm I'm friends with her and her fiance, Jimmy. Uh. We went we got fucking grub and beers before we before I came down here. Mm-hmm. We were just bullshit whatever. So I I mean I've got my old friends, but I just don't really have as much in common as I do with my comedy friends. Is that normal? That's something I'm fucking dealing with literally today. Something I was dealing with is that. Well, the thing, the thing that I've, because I've, I've thought about it. The thing is, like, so the kids you went to high school or the kids that you grew up with. Yeah. You're kind of forced to be together because you're the same age. Right? right. So you've got these, like, amount of people that you can pull from because it's just who you're learning. You're, you know, it's who you're going to school with. It's who right. you're forced to kind of be around. Right. So you pick friends from there. Because there were dudes I hung out with back then that I was like, I don't fucking really like this guy. I don't know why we're even hanging out. Dude, you're framing this so well. Go on, <laughs> go on. Yeah. So it's like, so I'll give you, for instance, one of my favorite friendships, one of the episodes that you said you lost, Sean Murray. Yes, yes. So he'll he's be a, back. He's we'll a, ni- he's a 19-year-old day. kid coming into Joker's Wild Mike. He doesn't know me. I'm fucking 28 years old. I'm, you know, hosting the mic. I'm playing MF Doom uh, over the speakers at the open mic. And... uh he comes up to me and he's like, yo, you like MF Doom? I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, oh, yeah, me too. And then we just start talking about hip hop music. And like, I, you know, I can say best friends will probably say that he doesn't like me very much. Oh, he loves you. <laughs> he fucking loves you. No, the, the one thing that came out on that episode is like he was only listening to the episodes that his friends were on. That, that comedy click, that original like Joker's Wild Crew, dude, Murray, uh, he doesn't love much, but he, he really does love all those guys. And I get it. You guys... Yeah, it, it was it was a cool little rap pack you had, like, and, and it's cool that you guys all came up together and you know were doing the thing. And but uh, so yeah, so you have a lot of friends that are in comedy now, and it just, it kind of makes more sense to you because they're they're on the same wave, they're on the same. You have so much in com- like it makes sense. Like so, uh, I was at Fairfield Comedy Club for Fanoia's birthday two weekends ago. Right, and he'll talk to me sometimes about like his friends will come to his shows whenever he's mm-hmm. back in town. Mike Fanoia is a he was a CT comic, right? Yeah, and he broke the broke the barrier, and yeah. now he trout he he goes on tour with the uh, Impractical Jokers. Yes, and so he, he's a regular opener for them. He's headlining on the road. He's done all types of incredible shit. What I'm saying is, people like Cal White and I do get sort of famous. It happens, <laughs> <laughs> like it really does, folks. Just believe in us. But well, go that, on. so I mean, so it's just like so he'll talk to me. And he'll tell me, he'll be like, you know, I'll be trying to get my set together because I'm doing an hour. And my friends are backstage trying to talk to me about whatever horse shit happened. And it's like, you understand that, of course, because he's not like me. Right. Um, of course, if I was doing an hour, I might be a little bit different. But I usually right. prepare beforehand or whatever. But like his friends are trying to talk to him about whatever fish set that they heard. And he's yeah. like, I'm just trying to get ready for the show. I really yeah. appreciate you coming back here. So it's just interesting, like, because you... And then they can't understand. So it's like, oh, well, what are you doing? What do you mean you need time to put your set? You don't have time for me? And it's like, no, not now. Right. But they just want to work. Yeah. So they just. I'm at work. (laughs) People don't understand that. And not this. And like, but that's, 
it's more like so it's like you know age differences go away yeah uh you know white or black doesn't matter anymore and like mm-hmm. You know, like I, I had known some like gay kids growing up, but like you meet like, you know, hold, hold on before you say that, uh, before people take that the wrong way, when you're growing up, especially in suburban areas, you might not have any black people who exist in your neighborhood or in your school. Well, see, I'm from <laughs> Ansonia, so okay, I yeah. was lucky enough to have like, there was a good mix of people. Yeah. But it was, but a, yeah, you stick to your clique for the, I mean, I actually, that was a thing. Like I always like, I had fr- friends that were younger than me because oh, okay, yeah. I've always been childish for lack of a better term. That's great. That's great, man. It. <laughs> And you know what? What ends up happening, you, you're because you kind of have to hold on to that childish, childishness to pursue entertainment. Mm. I feel I feel like you know, it's it's important because of the nature of it. And the problem is your 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 regular friends, your friends who aren't pursuing entertainment, are growing up mm. like they're supposed to, like well-adjusted people who had good childhoods. Mm. <laughs> like they're 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 they're. See, I'm just kidding. I had a great childhood. I was gonna say I did, I did have I did. a bad. I had a fantastic childhood. But 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 point being. Point being is that like, yeah, man, you, you kind of have to hold on to that childish. I mean, you're getting on stage and playing pretend and, and, and like for me, like playing pretend or, or us like getting on stage and telling jokes, literally telling jokes, just being funny, being silly, laughing into a mic, laughing along with people, all that stuff. So like you kind of have to hold on to that childishness. It's like it, that immaturity is almost a mature move for your career because nobody wants to. I don't know. Nobody wants to see their fucking dad on stage. Like we want to have fun. Right. And that's, and uh, I mean, I want to have the most fun possible. Like, and that's the thing, like a a thing that they'll talk about is, um, or you hear like the Mark Marins of the world or they'll be like, uh, you have to have something to say. Yeah. And it's like, I really, I really don't. No. I'd rather like, does Norm Macdonald have something to say? No, he's incredibly clever and well-written. Yeah, that's all. And that's his, that's his, he contributes back. Right. Um, I guess. I you can have something to say. That could be your shtick. Right. You could have a message behind your art, but you could also have a really good fart joke. Like right. an awesome fart joke I that mean, makes everyone really happy and it does the job of a comedian. It's like, all right, you, you did it. Like, you don't, you didn't, you, you didn't, uh, you didn't change anyone's mind politically or anything like that, but that was a hell of a fart joke. <laughs> I, I, cause, and that's the thing though, too. Like, I hate politics. I find, I don't. It's awful. I don't. And it's by, like, by I, the way, folks, in the message that I send each and every one of my guests, the only two things I ask them not to bring up is sports and politics. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. it comes up in conversation, they're just being an asshole. Right. No. And that's <laughs> the thing, though, too. Like, I will uh, I remember one time because I used to host that open mic over at Anna Liffey's mm. and this drunken dude, fucking white dude, old white dude came out of nowhere and just started like in a big rule. And it's supposed to be in any pub or Irish pub specifically is no politics, no religion. Yeah, and it's just like because no one wants to fucking talk about it. No, like if you want fun, if you want to talk about ghosts or aliens, now you fucking got me. Now you got me. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fun. You know, there you go. And that's the thing that they talk about too. And I keep saying that's the thing a lot. I just noticed that I keep saying that. Um, What's the thing you keep saying? Uh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a lot of people will say at the end of the day. Well, that's well, your new catchphrase. Then uh, you got to end your comedy sets, and that's the thing, I folks. Have, I I've been Daniel Coway, and I don't talk like this. I would have to kill myself. <laughs> um, no, being a good hang. So, like, yeah. anyone, anyone that can only talk about comedy is not a good hang. No. Because ultimately, it's it just means you're boring. You're right. one dimensional. Right. If you or I mean, it's just well, that was a huge thing about starting this podcast. Uh, you know, yes, I am a comedian, but it's not the only thing I am. And what I wanted to keep in mind is that, like, listen, I have a lot of comedians on. Yes, and I, comedy is one of the things I do. But in the same fashion, like. I want to come on and just bullshit, have a good conversation. I have a relative theme I want to keep up with. But more importantly, like, 
be as funny as you want, but don't feel forced to be funny. Right. There are some podcasts that are really funny where they force the humor the whole time. They miss 30% of the jokes mm-hmm. and 30% of the jokes aren't funny. And maybe you could laugh at the process of them trying to get a laugh. But this isn't what I wanted it to be. Because a lot of times when you're hanging with comics, you'll notice there's it's this battle of this, like, who could get the funniest thing on the riff. And it's like, you're all friends. You could all just talk and wait for a funny thing to happen. So, like, that's I didn't want this podcast to be that where, like, you're constantly trying to force a joke. Jokes come up naturally. Right. You know, but we're having a conversation. So, yeah. No, that's, I mean, and that's, you were talking about things that make you happy. Right. So, like, um, if I'm not doing a show or if I could find a way, like, I'll swing through my favorite Irish pub currently. It used to be Chrissy's. Now it's Trinity. So, like, the old Irish guys hang out down there. And so, like, are the real Irish guys? They actually oh, yeah. have the accent. Christy off Thank the boat. Uh, Shane. Yeah, no, I know. I need that. I if need they were that. fucking no, if they were Irish guys from East Haven, I wouldn't go anywhere near the joint. But no, so I get to like I get to go over there and hang out with those dudes, and they just like so they know me as a comic, so right. they're all fascinated by me, even though you know nobody knows who the fuck I am. You really just get up there on stage and tell jokes? No, but they'll like they'll be trying to make me laugh. Oh, but the thing—the thing with like yes, the Irish humor yes, is—is is that they're never really—they don't pander. No, but they'll be telling me about some Irish comic I've never heard before, right. and it's like, who the fuck? That but I, I'll be like, stoic. I'll go, I'll never heard of him before, but please tell me one. And then so I'll just try. So I have to kind of revert back to like, because Christie's probably sixty-four years old, and then like Shane's, you know, fifty or whatever it is. But it's just like I just love sitting there. And listening to them tell stories about like growing up in this fucking farm country in Ireland yeah. and getting like that's the like so that brings me joy. Yeah. Like like and that's the thing. God damn it, you would love my father so much more than you like me. <laughs> like, I old like atta- you, Sonzo. Old, yeah, she, I like yeah. breaking your balls because it's so Everyone easy. loves breaking my well, balls. So Kelly I have the easiest balls on earth So Kelly break. that I was hanging out with, her, Kelly and Jimmy were the ones that you met behind. They were calling you Shwarma. Yeah, they're great. They're yeah, great. yeah. I love Fairfield Comedy Club. Yeah. So Shwarma. I was like, <laughs> Don't tell my <laughs> listeners that. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Someone's going to message me. Yo, what up, Shwarma? <laughs> I'm like, ah, fuck my life, dude. No, because I was, because I was, she goes, so Come, where, do, she goes, where do you got to go? I go, I'm going to do Shwarma's podcast. <laughs> the most annoying I get really annoyed by when people try nicknames for me because I'm the only fucking Stefano they know. You don't need to nickname someone when it's the only name of that name that well, you I know. Always, I always call you Sanzo. You you also call Sanzo's fine I, and I call you Cowlight, so I'm, I'm cool with Sanzo. That's also a fine one. But like, yeah, people people call me a nickname. It's like I don't need a fucking nickname. My name is Ste- how many fucking Stefanos do you know? How many Stefanos have you ever even met in your life? You yeah, know, you're the first. Like yeah, a John. If you have a friend named John, definitely give him a nickname. There's a 15,000 fucking Johns out there. What is Stefano Italian for? It's just Steven. Oh, that's all it is. Fuck. It's, yeah, that's all it is. I it's just it was something good. No, no, it's just, it's just Steven. Fucking Italian Steven. Yeah. Italian Son of Steven. a bitch. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, no, no, the, 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 that Kelly and, uh, what, what was his name? Jimmy. Yeah, they yeah. were a fun hang. Good I can't hang. even remember their faces, but I know they were a fun yeah, hang. Yeah, they're, uh, they're super fucking cool. Um, I enjoy hanging out with them. But that's like an example of new friends. Right. So like I work with kids with autism during the day, and so she's a supervisor. She's a BCBA, and uh, like I said, that's another thing. Like, I never would have done that in a million years. But my buddy that I grew up with, his wife owns the company, and they had a fucking job for an admin, a secretary. And so I applied because I was doing this part-time work-from-home job, and I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Right. So I went in interview just based upon me knowing Andy, mm-hmm. and they're like. Well, what makes you think you're qualified for this? And I was like, well, I make a heck of a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) 
And she was like, that's are a, you kidding me? That is a, that, that is a really cool gentleman answer. <laughs> and she was like. A gentleman with no skills. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I have a degree in marketing, whatever right. horse shit. And, uh, <laughs> whatever horse and she yeah. was like. Well, will you put paper in the printer when it's out of paper? I go, is the paper is the printer out of paper? I go, I'll go up there right now if you want me to. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't get. There's no. There's no such thing as a bad job. Yeah. Do you know, know what I mean? Especially. Dude, hold up. Go let's for it. let's focus on that for a second because I like that concept because I feel like a lot of people who do their dream jobs still fucking hate their job. Let's really be clear here. What do you mean by there's no such thing as a bad job? Well, anyone that will look down upon someone that's employed. It's like, oh, you're uh, um, you're working at Target. It's like, yeah, but I'm making a halfway decent paycheck, and I'm getting full. Be- like, I'm doing okay. I'm not like, doing. I'm not shaking a can on the street. Yeah, there's nothing glamorous drugs. about it, but there's yeah. nothing wrong with making a steady paycheck. I'm not hurting anyone. Like, no, me, I um, I don't have a sexy job or all, at all. I build circuit boards. I'm at the second company ever that I've been. But building. that's incredible work. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. actually love it. See, like, that sounds. Te- you, are you autistic? Dude, dude, I don't want to answer that question. Like, I don't want to take the test. I, I like being, I like being, uh, uh, what do you call it? Schrodinger's autistic boy. As far as, as if I take that test, I will be autistic. Okay. But if I never take the test, I'll never know if I'm on the spectrum. But okay. frankly, I, I'm probably a little autistic. Okay. No, you're definitely, <laughs> no. you're fine. No, I'm fine. And there'd be nothing wrong if I was autistic, you know. But anyway, I build circuit boards. This is a sec- I, I, I answered an ad, ad on Craigslist three years ago. Got a job at a place that manufactures circuit boards, right? Mm-hmm. And I ended up liking the work. It's like playing Operation all the time. That's what my job is like. I put little parts in places. I I solder thousands of boards. I operate this thing called a wave solder. I put boards through a pool of molten metal, and they come out, and they're it's all this cool shit. And it keeps my crazy, ridiculous brain operating because I need to do something with my hands. Tedious. I need. Are you ADHD? Do you think? Mu- oh yeah, they put me on Ritalin when I was oh, in seventh okay. grade. Yeah, like, okay. like yeah, no hardcore ADHD. Like the real one. Like there's people who say they have ADHD because like they they have like a bad attention span. I'm like ADHD, like real. real problem like right. like if if it is a mental illness i'm proof right and um i uh yeah they put me put me on redolin back when i was in seventh grade anyway yeah i need a job that i need to do stuff all the time it's not glamorous work and i never expected to get into it but it's a job i tried when i needed a job and now i've built some skills in it where like i am in a different pay bracket of people who are in this industry which is cool just because of the experience i built and it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's, I, I don't brag about it, but it gets the bills paid. Right. I work four days a week. I have three-day no. weekends. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, motherfucker. Are you <laughs> still do 40 hours? Hell yeah. I do 10 and a half hour days. It's a new job. I just started a month ago. But oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I built up my skills in that first job. And now the second job, getting a little better pay. I got benefits. What's your title? Um, wave solderer. Oh. I use a device that uh, it pours molten metal over, like uh, like it makes a river of molten metal. It solders to a board, and I basically replace. And so what would have been hand soldering for like five people, I'm doing with one machine myself. Yeah, have it's really you cool. ever tried to impress a girl by telling her you're a wave solderer? I've never tried to impress a girl. <laughs> really? <laughs> never in my life. Get no. out of here. I'm just such a goddamn nerd. I can't, no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm a, I, I, I love women, but I just I, it's not that I've never tried to impress women. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I just, I, I just I just can't. I'm not. So wait. So wait. So wait. So wait. So wait. Uh, have you so have you ever approached a strange woman at a bar before? Yeah, man. Just a couple of weeks ago, I, w- I approached a strange woman at a bar. Okay. I told the story on the podcast. I approached See, a I, well, I don't listen to people's okay, fine, podcast. Fine, fine. No, you shouldn't. There's Where like were you? What was, what was the bar? Okay, guys. Listen. Hey, everyone. I've told the story a couple times. I'm going to tell it right right now. I have a okay. couple beers in me, Okay. and I'm going to tell the story for real. All right. I'm going to try to do it. It's it's hard to tell the story because I was in a lot of shock. You know what? Did you see my Instagram post yet? 
I don't. About my teeth? No. I got my teeth knocked out. <laughs> what? Listen. What? Listen, folks. Wait, I'm going to tell the story. Which ones? I'm go- the two front teeth. What? I got them knocked the fuck out. I have fake front teeth. I am going to show you a picture later of what oh, it looked like. I looked gross. like Sloth from the Goonies. Oh, man. I was in New York. A girl with- knocked your fucking teeth Listen, out? Listen, cowboy. <laughs> you don't choose the comedian life. You're just born one and you do with what you can. Okay. 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 Listen, I'm in, guys, you've heard the story. I'm telling the story. Listen, I am in New York City with my friends, drunk drinking all day. It is a fucking party, and I am loving life. And when I have my confidence up. Saturday, Sunday, what time is it? Yeah, Saturday at night. At nighttime. What, 9.30, 10 o'clock? Uh, probably like closer to midnight. Like okay. closer to the end of the night. Where like people when you say drinking all day, what time do you start? Oh, maybe like 6 or 7 o'clock. So you've been drinking for 6 hours. Something like that. Give Something or take. Like all right, go, like go, that. go. And when I'm drinking for a little while, I get my We're drinking beers, up. we're drinking whiskey, yes. what are we doing? Yes. But six and hours of drinking not New like York that. City. Not that hard, not okay. that hard, okay. not that but you're hard. Drunk. Like, I, I was doing it, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, ten being blackout drunk, how drunk are you? Maybe like a six or seven. Okay, okay. okay. Something okay. like that, you know? Right. Like I'm having a good I'm, time. You're but setting I'm not, the scene for but me, I'm, I like it. But I, like I, am, it. I am good, I am cognizant. All right. And I'm in that perfect area where like I'm flirty, I'm having fun. What kind of bar are you in? A picture, a pub. Yeah, it's definitely a tight. It's a, a pub, pub. Yeah. Lower East Side, what part of Manhattan? Financial district. Uh, okay, yeah. so we got we're talking a little bit of money. <laughs> a little bit of money, but okay. like a you lot. You dressed of... up. What type of shoes you got on? Ooh, I would <laughs> love to remember what kind of type of shoes I had on. Probably Chucks. Probably oh, Chucks. Okay, Chucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Chucks. So nice, ca- sturdy base. Yes, yeah, sporty casual. Yes, yes. Wearing my Chucks, and guys, I'm feeling good because feeling I had good. I had the right amount of alcohol in me where I'm not blacked right. out, but right. I'm not just buzz. Like I'm I'm there. Right. I end up talking to this. Pretty cute chick named right. Julie. Like it. And we're, we're talking about. She's up. receptive. Oh, she is. Very okay. much so. All right, you're kicking And me. I eventually end up dancing with her. Get out of here. Like, what kind of music? Dude, now. Okay, that's where the alcohol. That's where the alcohol plays in. Oh, it could have been like an 80s ballad. Oh, Sounds like an 80s ballad. Fuck? Maybe right. an 80s ballad. Well, that ballad. wasn't what it was. Sorry. No way. I can't remember exactly what song. All but right. we're dancing. We're spinning. We're twirling. We're having fun. And I get cocky. <laughs> And I do what, what, like, the spins are fine. Those are cool. Any guy who's bad at dancing could spin a girl and it looks cool. Wait, wait, wait. How are you spinning? You picked her up, you start spinning around? Stop. The spinning is not what did it. No, Listen. no, 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 no. I want to know how you're spinning. Just like, you know, you hold a girl's hand over her head. Oh, and you she were does dirty. You were dirty dancing. No, get ready for the dirty dancing. Oh, fuck. Then. I get real cocky and and I summon my. Patrick all right, all right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. Hold Go on. ahead, Cowet. How big is this girl? She's a tiny girl. She's medium sized girl. That's what. That's the real problem with it. She was a nice petite girl. She's like petite, my, like like my my type. So you know? someone that you could muscle around because we all know you're a fucking meathead. Someone, <laughs> my big gorilla ass, should be able to muscle around, seeing right. that I put my right. name on the shit. So you have this yeah. strange woman that you've been gently spinning around, and now you've gotten beer balls and you want to throw her somewhere. Beer balls, and I want to give her a dip. Oh my god! All right, so guys, let's listen to this. Holy, this is. I'm gonna try not to gloss over this because this is where the shock starts messing with my memory. I dip her down, and it's going pretty well. But this girl is clumsy. You should not dance with girls. You should not pull a maneuver with that with a girl who's who's balanced. You're not aware of right. yet, right? Did her titties I, come flying out? What I happened? wish. <laughs> I dip her really low, and she loses her balance uh-huh. because I'm holding her and keeping her from bashing her head on the ground. And she's holding me. She trips underneath me. And in a matter of a split second, I am thrown to the ground. What she pulled over was like a high-level jujitsu move. <laughs> I swear to God, 
I was explained to me by a friend of mine who was a great martial artist, Jesse. I know you're not listening to this, but I'll still say your name. A great martial artist who actually asked his martial arts uh, uh, his sensei guy, His sensei He asked his sensei About what had happened <laughs> This is a high level move She pulled off Not on purpose She was drunk And holding on to me She is <laughs> And my chest to the ground Her back to the ground She pulls me with an, A crazy force I, I Maybe that is the moment Where I black out Because it happens so quick And my face Hits the ground oh. I walk I, I get up and I am missing teeth. Oh my! My, my friend, God. my friend comes up. My best friend uh, Jeff comes up to me. He goes, "Steph, Steph, your your, your tooth is gone. You, you're missing a tooth." And then my buddy Dan, friends. Yo, there was grade, blood shooting out of your mouth everywhere. Dude, dude, my buddy Dan looks at me. He goes, "Steph, Steph, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone." I run to the bathroom because I am now in shock, guys. This is a this isn't just like a funny little thing. This is a massive. This is like surgery. This is a massive. Yeah. Dent, this is a dental emergency. I've lost both of my front teeth. I'm before. covered in blood. I run. In fact, I don't run to the bathroom. I run into the employee's closet in the basement, and a nice Mexican fellow, as calmly as he can, he's like, "Get out! You're not supposed to be here. Get out! Get out!" And I'm like, and I'm pointing at my face. I'm like, buh, buh, buh. and he's like, and he's like, "No, I don't care. Get out!" And I'm over here. It's like the worst moment of my life, and I just want someone to be okay with me. And meanwhile, I still, I just feel like a monster. You can't, you can't get away with anything when you look like that, dude. I like literally, I look like a fucking monster at this point. He's like, "Go, go back, ah, back, back." He's like holding a torch to me. Back, vile beast. Ah, and I'm like, ah. Don't look at me. There was blood all over your shirt. All over. I'll show you the picture. And Jesus, I Christ. run in the bathroom and I look and I'm. It's just such a. Sur- this is where the shock sets in because now the drunk doesn't matter. I'm looking at my face uh-huh. in the mirror and this complexion that I put out there. The, I, you know, I've been so proud of myself for the past two years to make myself look decent because for years I already looked like a monster and now I look. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my fucking god! I look. This is terrible. I'm like this. Is that even Stefano? What's going on? Blood on my shirt. I I barely am even processing the pain because of all the shock. This girl comes into the bathroom and she's like, because I've been in there a while, right? And she's like knocking. She's like, excuse me, can you hurry up already? I turn. I give one look at her. I open up my mouth and point to my tooth. And she goes, oh oh my God, sorry. Wait, you lose one or you lose both? I lost one completely and chipped the other. And but the other one, like the the one that I lost completely, like shattered the back of it too. So I needed a root canal to fix that one, not just. Oh yeah. my fucking Christ! Yeah, and if you guys are wondering whether or not I have dental insurance, of course I don't. So this dance with this sweet woman who was nice enough to Yo, dance with me. you're a story, right? Cost <laughs> me. An entire vacation. I'm not talking like a weekend to Vermont that, you know, some white people get away with. I'm talking cost me like, hey, let's go to Europe for a couple of weeks. We'll we'll bounce around. We'll take the train. We'll stay in like not five star hotels, but like really nice ones. And we'll go on some trips and we'll eat anything we want and come back home. Literally, that's how much this fucking dance cost. Ten thousand dollars. Not ten thousand dollars. I wasn't. Less. That's a real. I can. I will. Ne- I cannot say how much it cost. I. I don't want to say it. That's the one thing I have. Well, to I'm keep just to myself. like. First of all, how much <clears throat> do you fucking spend on a vacation? I'll tell you this much. It cost almost as much as I went. And all right, you guys could go do the math. I'll, I'll do this. So far, it has cost me nearly as much as a Nissan Sentra. <laughs> no, I was going to say my 1998 Honda Accord, my first car when I bought it in 2011. So you got, or 2010. You guys go back and do that kind of math. Oh. It cost me about that. Okay. 1998. $3,500. 
It's a lot. And and I mean the prices are <laughs> listen, it's it's still going because like I'll eventually have to put porcelain caps over these things. It's not like I'm done spending money on my teeth. This is just what this cost me. Oh, know? so those are fake teeth you have? Um Are they implants? Uh this one that I'm pointing out right now, completely fake. Oh. Does, that that doesn't exist. That's well, not supposed to be there. This one is half. Yeah. And no, they're not implants. They're just like composite. They'll eventually put real teeth over that. that oh. like, I can't guys, I cannot eat apples. No. Currently. Nightmare. I can't eat chicken wings. You love nightmares. Yeah, and I <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy is one of the very few people who really understands me. He was the first one to point out that I'm a masochist. No oh, one in my yes. life. No one in my life ever was able to say that about me. And he we him and I were drinking one night after a show and he had explained he said it flat out you know as clear as day as anyone could have said he made that observation he's like you're a masochist i'm like what and explain to my listeners my listeners know me explain to me them why i'm a masochist you like pain right you like to put yourself and it's not the thing is is that you're you're not a um chosen you don't choose to be the way you are it's just thank your, you it's your central nervous system because you secretly enjoy the pain i dated a girl like that she was a masochist so like she would always be like accidents that were easily preventable, but she would always like drop weights on her foot at the fucking gym or some crazy yep. shit would happen to her and it'd be like car accidents that were totally her fault. Right. Like lies she would get caught in. But the reason why you tell the lies that you fucking tell is because you want to get caught. Yep. Because you like the react you like the drama. You the like the pain, pain. The emotional oh, pain I of it. Chase yeah, yeah, yeah. It, dude. No, no, no. No, I know. And that's and it's it's so fascinating to me because I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm not that I'm always trying to do good. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm sure somebody else could fucking probably analyze. Well, yeah, we're not psychiatrists. Yeah, we're yeah, comedians. Yeah. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. I know that <laughs> I want to have the best fucking possible time as much as possible whenever I fucking can. Right. Um. <laughs> I don't understand when other people don't have that point of view. Yeah. Like, um, why wouldn't you want to be feeling like, great right now? Like, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, uh. Anytime I could put myself in an opportunity where there might be fun, and that's like my pursuance of comedy. Yeah, is how much fucking pursuance? fun I. Yeah, pers- keep going, keep going. Listen, you fucked up keep a going. bunch you're of right, words right, that I just time. let you All have. You're right, you're right. And you're I'm right, gonna. Right. I'm sure right. pursuance is a fucking word. You take a fat dump on me any chance you get. I just I'm had not to going one. to, but okay. I might use your Gatorade bottle. Okay. What's in it? Is there anything? It's just water. It doesn't matter. Um, but no, that's the thing. Like, life, life is short, and that's the thing, though, too. And like, I keep saying that's the thing. Um, but I've been drinking. You know, and that's um, the name of this episode. Go on. The the older I get, the better I'm getting. And I know that sounds like some fucking shit. Fuck yes, that's the, that's the bravado I want in this. Fucking so you were room. Ta- you Hell were ta- yeah. you were talking about losing like high school friends, but the thing is, is that they peaked. Like they, you know, they got married and they had kids and they peaked, and now they're miserable. And I know because they've gotten divorced, and they're trying to like pick up the pieces after making not mistakes because there's nothing like. My sister has kids and a family, and she's very, very happy. But I could tell when these dudes were getting married. I remember one of my friends going to get married. I won't say names because who knows who's fucking listening. But he was drunk in his bachelor party. Spoiler alert. They're not. Go on. And he just goes, he just goes, he goes, you know, I ain't done yet. He goes, I didn't fuck up. He goes, I know I'm getting married. He goes, but I ain't done yet. And I was like, what are you saying? I was like, you're going to fuck other women? He's like, I ain't done yet. I was like. Oh, this is a bad attitude to have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you clear, you clearly don't want to get married. No. Um. So it was just you like, shouldn't look at a at a at a at a marriage as like a they they could they could, they could hit me but they can't stop me. No, like, and it's that like, fucking TV. It's not supposed to look. It's not no, supposed it's that to feel TV like that. idea of yeah. what a fucking and it's like oh so you're miserable. Right. Um. Whereas, 
I don't know. I live I live every day. Just, you know, today's this day. We're drinking beers on this podcast, folks. Yeah, what do you got, Holmes? Um, Hogwarts? Yeah. A uh, hooker. Yeah, Hooker Brewery. One of those are for you if what you kind want one. I'm good. I got my Narragansett. You did. Gansett. Good, what, cheap go-to. Everyone's got to have one, guys. What kind of beer is it, though? It's an IPA, but a very drinkable. It's not like a super duper it's not, bitter is it one. A, is it a session? Ah, God. It's just a New England India Pale Ale. I don't know what that means. I know that it's not super duper ridiculously bitter. I had a, Oh, it's a tropical. Mm-hmm. Tropical fruit. Those Sounds are good. Pretty, it's tasty. Those are enjoyable. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, I had a couple of uh, bad sons with my uh, tuna ahi wrap at SBC. It's good. It's good AF. Healthy food, not so healthy drink of choice. But it's Friday, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I drank last night, Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't need the account of your drinking, but I'm glad you gave me it. I'm yeah, it was good. It um, yeah, yeah. Last night was good. Last night was good. 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 Very enjoyable. Very good, man. I had a girl laying at my feet like a little cat. <laughs> 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 Holy shit! Uh, what this morning or just like like two thirty? Two thirty a.m. Nice man. I, was like, I feel like Conan the Barbarian. He's good. <laughs> was she? Did she have like a fur draped around her neck? Were you? Were you holding a battle axe or something? She was nude and I was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. It sounds like you had a really good night. It was quite nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. No, so, it, like, and that's it, like, because people get sad, and I was talking to a they comic, do. and I understand, I get sad too, um, but I just don't have enough time to be, that's the thing, I, see, I keep saying that. It's the name of the episode, so keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, I just like being around people. Not, I mean, I do like to be alone too, don't get me wrong. Right, 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 go, go with that, well, I like that. Like, I took an, I took a, um, an edible marijuana, have you mm. ever got, have you ever dabbled? Oh, we could talk about it, oh man, man I had an edible I... marijuana on uh, Wednesday night, because I got real drunk Tuesday night after my mic, um, and then I was playing Spider-Man, the video game, have mm-hmm. you ever played that before? Yes, I have, you and become Spider-Man. So, I got, they nailed so, it. I got so good, that I wasn't getting beat, and it was like, okay, so I only had a couple of drinks, and I had edible marijuana, and that was a nice, like, little... Yeah. Cool down night all by Oh, so you myself. had a good edible marijuana. Yes. Some people make those things to play tricks on you. Right. So No, uh, I had the proper dosage. I uh I once had the fortune or misfortune, however you want to look at it, uh having 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 edible brownie uh, edible marijuana brownies allegedly if my boss is listening uh mm. having a ele- you know i i don't know that there was marijuana in them i just bought them from a drug dealer right. and i <laughs> you don't want to solder your thumb to ex- a board correct correct and uh no but so this particular fella he wasn't making them to make money oh. he was the kind of guy who had pounds of marijuana he's the kind of guy of who a lot of drug dealers buy their drugs from you know what i mean so he just basically made it for his friends to ruin their night, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he would sell them for ten dollars a square, Unpleasant. dirt cheap for the amount of weed that he was putting in them. He would he would put hundreds of dollars in a tray, basically, and you eat them, and go to outer fucking space. Literally, you guys, I don't know if you know that about weed, uh, but yeah, when you smoke it, it's a different thing than when you eat it. Your body processes it differently, and it becomes a like a mild hallucinogen when you eat it. And I remember, so yeah, I one of the times, I did this a couple of times, by the way, masochist. And uh, I did this a couple of times where I had these brownies that make you lose your mind. And I eat one and I'm just like hanging out on this dude's couch. And he happened to li- he lived right next to the road, right? <laughs> what and road? Where? I can't say. <laughs> but he lived, no, I'm just, he just, it, the place that he was renting. But, was when, but when you like leave out details and you just get, I'm t- like very like matter of fact, yeah, wait, and you're I'm, like, 
right next to the road. I don't, I don't know if I ever told you or if you've probably known this from how long I've been talking to you, but uh, how long I've known you. But I'm a terrible to- storyteller. Really bad. Really, That's really a bad. bad habit to as have. As a comedian. When yeah. you're Horrible when habit you're as a comedian and a podcaster. Yeah. So I was by the road <laughs> yeah. and I was standing next to a light. Okay, and the no, next okay, thing okay. you know, I'm the in devil this gentleman's up. living room. <laughs> he had a house on, uh, let's call it Bridgeport Ave. And I'm on a. Uh, I, it was like right up next to it where you know you hear traffic and mm. you know what you know the sound of a tr- of, of a bigger truck passing or even like a tractor yeah. trailer wah, wah, so as i'm coming out of my you know i'm i'm coming back to life i'm i'm starting to wake up a tractor trailer drives and that would make it about 100 feet from me mm-hmm. and even though you know i process a tractor trailer mm. driving behind me as a Boeing 747 about to crash into his house. That's what I hear and perceive. And wake up to, <gasps> like, literally, something like that. Oh, That's you were asleep? Something in between sleep and and, and high. Sonzo. Yeah. <laughs> I have to keep dissecting these. Because I thought you were standing next to the road. No, I, was on, I told you I was on a couch, right? No. In his living room. No. Sorry, guys. Hey, <laughs> hey, you're bear with me. All right, I'm you glad said I have you were a next ma- to the road. I'm glad I have a, a master storyteller in the room to keep me on track. You listen, all right? No, you don't have to be a master storyteller You're to right. be a good listener. You're right, which I'm also bad at. Again, ADHD used to be on amphetamines for it by a doctor. You've got to learn to listen. And also, like, why important- does everyone keep telling me that? It's like I was saying that. <laughs> I just cut you off and go in my nose. You're right. No, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, you'll be fine. I you think just, I will. You I feel good. The just remember when you're telling a story, the important details like I was asleep on my friend's couch. OK. OK. All right. So so about the tooth story, which I'm trying to master telling, because that's oh. obviously something I need to bring on stage. What are the details that people need to know? I'll play around with guys. You're hearing you're hearing All inside right. baseball about. comedy. So right well, now. that's why how has been doing comedy. How much? How long? Nine years. He's been doing it nine years. I've only been doing it four, but he did it even longer in the nine years that he's been just, he's 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 in there. And he's going to show me right now what I need to do. Go, so, so, guys. so like when you were telling the story and the questions that I was asking. Right. I saw were, that. You were asking the right ones. So it's how long have you been drinking? What time right. is it? What type okay. of bar are you in? So people need to know how. What type of shoots? Like, no, like, it's, and it's interesting because like once you have the bones of a story, you could tell it so many times and you could roll it over and. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But that's that's fairly common sense yeah i don't have it <laughs> that's why i do everything i do calway i don't have common sense i'm a fuck, fuck no <laughs> no and like and that's like i i don't know if you can learn to, to be a good storyteller or if it's something innate i think it's innate but you could learn the yeah th- also an important part of, of storytelling is people no it's like it's also like knowing the person you're talking to correct so it's not monopolizing a conversation it's Getting your point across. So if you feel like you're losing an audience, whether it's one person or it's 50, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I'm losing them. I either have to speed up, take something out. This isn't working. Sometimes it shouldn't go there. And that's why it's important. I noticed that just from being on stage, like, oh, okay, this crowd really won't. Because I want to get them on board before I can start, like, oh, before I tell a long joke. Right. And that's something I'll notice at open mics where someone will go up there and be like, Oh, you're doing a four-minute story at a five-minute mic? It's like, what, what are you doing? It's right. Like, no, it's not It's not as funny as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Find something a little bit closer, a little bit shorter in the beginning maybe to get a five-minute joke in a fucking five-minute open mic is ridiculous to me. It is, yeah. That's because, a good point. Yeah, you're just, so, and it's a skill worth learning, I guess. But 
being a good storyteller is knowing your audience. And also, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life, Cal White, because I need to get better at storytelling. When you, when you, when you have a story that you want to <laughs> tell and you think it's interesting, it's like, okay, how do I get to the point without losing them? Shit, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. I'm going to listen to this podcast 15 <laughs> times. <laughs> really? That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, all my, like, so like <laughs> me, I was talking, I was thinking about my story when I lost my teeth. Um, Tell your all right. Go ahead. That's a good one. Tell your losing your teeth story. So I mean, and I it's not it even can't be as ridiculous as it's mine, not even but necessarily it's better. So I lost my teeth twice. The first, That's a fucking good start to a story. So the, people want to know why. People want immediately keyed in. Why the fuck did you lose them twice? Same the, two teeth? First, uh, no. Uh, it was first time was one front tooth. Second time was both front teeth. Fuck. Uh, first time was a line drive. Uh, <laughs> uh, little league. My dad was a baseball coach. It was. Uh, I was third base. He hit a line drive at me. He hit me right in the fucking mouth. He Square. swears to Christ. He swears to Hold he, on. Describe the describe the sound of it connecting to your face. Don't remember. Don't remember the sound. I remember it hitting me. Um, I remember I saw my tooth go flying in the air and I you caught it with my glove. Shut the fuck swear up. To Christ. You did not. You I swear to Christ. Tooth? I caught my tooth. Neo I remember. Shit. I remember Matt Blackwell Welcome was the, the short was the shortstop. He was laughing at me until I took my glove away from my mouth and he saw blood shooting out of my mouth. Then he turned bright white. His dad came over. He put a, uh, a white hooded sweatshirt on me. My dad drove me to uh, Griffin Hospital because I'm from Ansonia in a Pontiac 6000 station wagon. My sister's in the car. They were both crying as we were driving to the emergency room. Like I said, I was 10 or 11 years old. I was crying and then I said that I didn't want to look like Mike Tyson. Nobody wants to look like Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Which, whatever. Um, but I, like, there's nothing really too funny about it. We got all the way there. Uh, they put my tooth back in and then ended up abscessing and falling out. Are you going to oh, show me the yes. picture? No, no, go ahead. No, no, I'll show you um, later, yeah. But then next time I was 13, so a couple years later, I was dunking on a nine-foot hoop. I went to go dunk. You were dunking on a nine-foot hoop at 13? Yeah, I got my- You're a big boy. I got my teeth stuck in um, in the net and then both teeth came out. <laughs> Hold on. You got your fucking teeth stuck in the net of a basketball hoop? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And they came shooting out of my mouth. You hung, you hung your teeth. No, I went. Ah! You hooked them. You I go. Them. I go. I did it again. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I did it again. <laughs> Fucking wow. And then I drove to the dentist with a bag of peas in my mouth. Oh my god. And now I have fake front teeth. I have a bridge. That sucks. Yeah, I've had fake front teeth for a very long time. Yeah, but they're they're permanent, right? They're yeah. always there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, for, you you don't notice it anymore, right? Well, I do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have fake teeth in my mouth. Yeah, head. yeah. I'm so it's so fresh for me that we're still trying to get it to not feel sensitive. Like my the the one that needed the root canal. Like if I push on it, I feel it a bit. I still feel the pain. Really? Oh yeah, dude. It was a, all right. Not only did I break my fucking teeth on the ground of a New York City bar. We, we know that New York deals with a different set of germs than the rest of planet Earth, okay? The dirty bar floor. My f let's not, and forget about that. My face was inflamed for a month like, or for three weeks because uh, I got a fat lip and a fat – both my lips were fat. Yeah. Both my lips were fat because I cut them with the teeth that hit the floor. God, I got so fucked up. It looked like I got in like a car accident. It was bad. I can't – I cannot – no, it's you, a Sanzo story if you've ever heard one. Oh, without a fucking doubt. It's, it's, that's the fucked up thing about me. Like, this is me being on brand, guys. I'm going to have to deal with shit like this for the rest of my life. This is just what happens. And Cal White says that masochism plays into it. I do think, like, should I be dancing with strange women while I'm drunk and yes, taking dips? Yes, yes. Right? 
Yes. Take those fucking chances, right? Listen, without a fucking it. doubt. It was worth it. Here's what you got to do. Yes, lay when, it on us. When you don't know how to dance very well, stick to... You've seen fucking Hitch before. Hell yeah. When he's talking about, you got to make the pizza. He's like, you don't got to make the pizza. He's like, they got food there. Yeah. So you just got to just take it easy. Maybe grab her by the by the by like the like hips a little bit. That's don't all. fucking dip her. You're it's right, not a, man. It's not a crazy move. You know what it is? It's, oh. it's, it's the same thing. All right. So if I would have seen you from across the bar, I would have thrown a napkin at you. Yes. Okay. Okay. You know what it is, guys? We're, we're analyzing some of my issues here tonight. <laughs> So <laughs> is that why you brought me on? See, well, I brought you on because you're headlining a show. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, listen, Saturday. listen. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I have this motto that I really need to get rid of. Right. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Oh, and you're such a bro. I am such a bro. You're such a fucking One time, bro. our mutual friend, friend of the show, Stash Makita. Oh, yeah. Friend of the at, show, looks, Stash Makita. Looks at me, <laughs> looks at me at an open mic in New Haven. He looks me, I'm wearing like booty shorts because I had just gotten back from the beach, but I'd also been in the gym that day. God damn it. I'm such a fucking bro. Oh, my God. And I'm wearing this tank top. I'm sewing. Sh- it's a, oh, in the, the one with the summer. knot in it? Yeah. You fucking Yeah, you remember off. that day. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, I got to tell, tell the Whopper story after. Don't forget the Whopper story. <laughs> got That's it, classic. Got it. So, so, um,. <laughs> I'm going to have you deliver that line too. So anyway, and I'm wearing this this fucking tank top and booty shorts. I'm just showing so much skin at this open mic. And, a, and a, comedy is a sport where it is taboo to wear shorts on stage. I'm wearing shorts that are cut above the knee. Right. You're dressed like fucking and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Exactly. If exactly. And, Italian. and Stash takes one look at me and he goes, you know, you could just lift weights. You don't have to make a production out of it. And like... And that moment, I really never felt anyone know me less because I'm like, I have to make a production of the things. But the reason, like, as mad as I, as as much as I want to chalk it up to things happen and, you know, it's just bad luck. My teeth fell out because of my fucking, there's no reason to dip a girl in in the middle of a bar and the financial district of, none of that stuff was necessary. It's me putting this, I got, it's that marathon mentality. It's that me competing, all that stupid shit I do that's not necessary, that's going to get me injured. I'm applying it to basic situations where I could have just fucking danced with her and probably gotten laid. That's exactly (laughs) what I was just going to say. That's the full point of this. The point is, is maybe not that night, but maybe at some point, having sex with this girl that you're dancing with. For sure. So, like, you dipping her on a first 10 minutes of knowing someone. Not necessary. She probably thought you were a psychopath. And the fact and that you fucking smashed your face on the and ground. turned into a psychopath. <laughs> you look at me and you're like, oh, never mind. Think you're a psychopath. That's a psychopath. Why isn't he reacting to the intense pain that he's in right now? Because I'm a masochist and I fucking <laughs> like it. <laughs> Like yes, this is what I wanted. <laughs> I Holy can, fuck! I can just see blood shooting out of your face. There was so much blood. <laughs> and you know, I she, was wearing a like reddish pink shirt, so fortunately it covered some of it up. But there was a lot of blood. I'll go fucking find the picture. Your teeth fall out, and she's just like, check please. And she was like, <laughs> the thing was before it, she was definitely into me. And all of us, oh uh, here, you ready, Cal White guys? Oh. This is his reaction to the picture right now. Unfortunately, this isn't a video podcast, but. Oh, that doesn't look... I have seen that photo. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you haven't. I haven't posted this one. I posted the next day when I cleaned up the blood. So this one is not out there. I'll I'll probably throw... I'll I'll post this in the future. That's not so, so bad. It was... It's not so, so bad because I'm smiling like a fucking lunatic. (laughs) Right. No, and plus your lips aren't really fucking Not yet. They they were swollen. Like, eventually they got really swollen. Um, Here's where they start to swell up the next day. 
you know, because they don't. You fucking they don't. goofball. I am such a goofball. <laughs> oh, here's your goofball picture for you. Oh. So, um, back to Cowboy just had a classic <laughs> reaction to what I said before, but I want to tell a quick story about. Um, so one of the running gags in CT comedy is just to shit on me constantly. <laughs> <laughs> because. because <laughs> 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 Sorry, stop making me laugh. Stop making me laugh. I, I caught on to it a couple of years ago. We're like, do they hate me? Do they not like me? I'm giving them shows. I'm so nice to these guys. Why are they so mean? And then I started to realize, just like, I react to things funny. I slam dunk on myself constantly. I'm a masochist. I'm the per. I'm like the easiest person to shit on. It's fun. It's fun. I get it. And Calway is really good at it too. So, so we're in the green room at Fairfield Comedy Club one night, and we're all going over our favorite candies. And Calway, I'll point to you when you say your line. I don't want to say it because you say it so much funnier, but. I I'm, I'm we're all going over and I, I mentioned to the room that I, my favorite candy is Whoppers those malted milk duds those like 50s candies that no one eats because I'm a contrarian and I have to like everything that no one likes right and they're like what is wrong with you they're all ripping me ripping on me for it right they're all like what is wrong with you like Whop- who the fuck likes Whoppers right and Cal White walks in the room and they're like Cal White we were out, we were going over our favorite candy and Stefano says his favorite candy you know what Stefano's favorite candies are and they and he looks at me he's like what and I go whoppers, and Cal White just immediately goes. I don't remember what I said. Okay, <laughs> that is not what Cal White said. Everyone, <laughs> you fucking piece of you, drunk old bastard. <laughs> I tell everyone that my favorite candy is whoppers, and Cal White, without missing a beat, just goes, "Oh, you stupid fucking guinea." <laughs> That sounds like something I <laughs> And maybe he just said that, like, there was no reason to say that I'm a guinea for what I said, but I think just the fact that it has WAP in the name of the candy, Cal White's comedian brain is like, oh. WAP, Whoppers, I'm calling this fucking idiot a guinea. Because that's another thing. On top of being the one of the easiest to make fun of in the comedy scene, I'm also, like, the Italian kid. Right. So I also get all the Italian jokes, which there's a lot to make. You and Sarami should fight for most Italian comics. I wish he came around more often, but yeah. Sarami- oh, you would pummel him you would yes. just beat him into the ground i we don't i need to be that guy I, there can't be two in the room yeah but uh that's funny <laughs> shit dude just to watch you beating up surrounding would be could he be like hey 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 hey, hey stop, what, what, hit, what, stop hitting me friends bothering me why are you punching me so hard you really don't like me eh? like, why are you hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself, you hitting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ cow white all right um i ask everybody so New question I've been asking some of my uh, some of my guests that I I want you to weigh on All right. weigh in on. So podcast is called Good Enough. There's uh-huh. a reason for it. I think that people <laughs> are often not. God damn it! People are often not okay with. I'm, I've never done this podcast a little drunk, so this is sorry, sorry folks. And Cowie just laughing in my face all the time. I'm having a good time. I, I hope you guys are. I'm too. laughing with you. I hope you guys drink with us when we when we do this episode. No, but. Uh, the, the concept of being good enough, all right? uh-huh. the concept of just fucking doing something and not looking at it and being like, I could have done a better job or, ah, that sucked. Like you just did something and it was all right. It doesn't have to be you. It could even be a friend, but just if you could give an example of something that was good and you didn't need to improve it at all, it was mm. just good enough. Uh, no. Um. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no. God I, damn it, Cowboy. No, anything... Um I can't think of anything that I've been proud of just doing half-assedly. Oh, um, God, my friends will love to hear that answer. No, I take um, I take pride in anything that I do. That's good. That's um, something you should do. Yeah, I don't... Uh, uh, I'll procrastinate before I do something, but the quality of my work means a lot to me. 
My integrity is everything. I I never um never compromise. What what was a Rorschach in uh in uh Rorschach? Rorschach in uh Rorschach. In, in Watchmen? <laughs> what was Rorschach? <laughs> I'm a shark. Rorschach in uh The Watchmen. Is that what he says? Never compromise? I right? don't know. Come on, you get all those references. I thought No, I don't I don't know if he said uh compromise. No, compromise is important. Yeah. <laughs> don't anyone that <laughs> compromise fucking, now and then. <laughs> anyone that says don't compromise. Be a stubborn dick yeah, all the don't time. do that. No, no, compromise is important. I'm di- I'm very diplomatic when I have to be. Yeah. It's so oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I thought my breath smelled. We're just shouting um, into the mics. I, no, I don't um, want to blow out my listeners ears. Um No, uh I'm very diplomatic when I have to be. Uh compromise is important. So so you do even though you have that not lackadaisical, it seems like that on stage. You seem you seem like a very like cool operator, like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this sort of thing. But you do take a lot it sounds like you take a lot of pride in your execution of your I craft. Mean, well that's just, and that's the thing though too. Uh if you watch me host a show, I take it very seriously. Like right. timing, making sure people get the like, getting yes. people off stage, making yeah. sure it ends on time. That's an important thing, people. Don't understand about the job of a host. It's you're not just going up there and having a good time. You're uh, the I I can't remember who said it, but like one of the real good official definitions, not in the dictionary, but like in entertainment, a good definition of a host is a curator of an experience. You're not taking the spotlight, but like while the spotlight's on you, you have to entertain them. You have to let them know what's going on. Like me as a host, that's like my main. That's what I'm trying to do in entertainment is be a host. I think that I think that's my main thing. And this as far as like, listen, you teach the you have to teach the audience how to be an audience for the show. Right. Like you have to let them know what's going on for the night. You know, figure out their because some people it could be their first time ever at a show. Some people could be ready to heckle. And you just kind of set it up in a way that uh, that they're everyone's on the same page. And you also uh, you you also, you know, you, you tell some jokes. It just is like a comedy host. You tell some jokes, but you you don't have to be up there for a half hour. You're not headlining. You just do enough time. You're cognizant of the time. You're keeping the show running. You're keeping it moving. You're making sure that it happens. You wanted them all to experience it in the same way, you know, and you don't want anyone to feel alienated. You don't want it to feel like, oh, this guy is just giving himself stage time. Mm-mm. You know, you know, no, he, you have to respect what a host is like coming up with the show that we're doing. Uh, so I'm releasing this, this Sunday, we'll be doing it the following Saturday is our show at center stage. That's my main goal is to just make sure everyone's on the same page because some people may have never been to a comedy show like this before. <clears throat> some people may never have been to uh yeah to to a comedy show like this. Some people may have been to comedy shows before, but not in this variety. This so this like local comedian sort of thing where like these people have a day job. Like you may bump into these guys at Walmart sometime after the show, you know, like and you just kind of kind explain that stuff and then go into your material, do well, some that, of your stuff. That's not how you should. Talk about your acts. What? <laughs> Don't be like you might run these pieces of shit at the fucking Walmart. I didn't say they're pieces of shit. They're no, just local acts. No, you don't ever dumb down who the people are. I wasn't you trying to dumb down it. You, but yeah. you want to tell them this is the greatest fucking show they're ever going to see in their lives. Don't be like these guys are kind of new. So well, I'm not little... saying that. No, but saying that they're your fucking bunch of jamokes that you might see getting ice cream at the shop. Right. Right. No, it's unnecessary. No, give them their credits. Let them think they're at a fucking pro show. Right. Because that's, that's just a thing that I'll run into where people be like, oh, I went to go see a comedy show at a bar in Hamden. Yeah. It's like, how was it? They're like, oh, it was terrible. Right. Because there's, and this is going to sound bad too, but I'll look at a lot of show posters and I'll be like, ugh, I feel bad for the people going to this show. You don't feel bad about our lineup, right? No, our lineup, lineup. our lineup looks very good. Okay, very good. But it's just like, and I get it like wanting to put, you know, your pals on and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know that's bad. No, it isn't. It isn't. No, you got because we. And that's and that's one of the things though too. Like trust, trust in life is everything. So, but trust in a show or comics that you know that you can trust is also everything. Right. So if you have someone that's a bit of a wild card. You can't. I don't know if I can necessarily use you. You have to prove to me that you can be consistent. I'm not going to say any names, but I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. We're someone who is definitely funny when cards work in their favor, but you're like, listen, man, you're a fuck. You're a wild. I don't know if you're going to be at the show. I don't no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's not even that so much. It's more that, and um, it's open mic funny. And uh, it's when you like appeal to the crowd of the open mic. And I don't mind playing in the back of the room because I do the same thing. But when you only appeal to the back of the room, that's when you're going to struggle on shows. Not everyone who listens to this is a comedian. So right. what do you mean by appeal to the back of the room? So, I mean, typically comics sit in the back of the room, right? Right. So when you're telling jokes for people that aren't in the crowd and you're playing to the back of the room, you're playing to the other artists or the comics in the room. And we call that a comics comic, right? Where, where like, you kind of tell, you'll, you'll have a, the comedians are laughing their ass off. Especially, that's an open mic move, too. Comedians are laughing their ass off. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I mean, comics comic is uh, being polite. Oh, <laughs> like, oh okay. like, yeah, like, it's like, oh, this guy's good, but he really only kind of, kind of appeals to, like, a higher comic intelligence. Right. When you're an open mic comic and you just kind of play to other open mic comics, that's you're an open mic comic. It's not a, it's not necessarily a compliment. No. Um, and Connecticut gets that stigma a lot because yes, they throw, you know, that's what they experience. They don't see a lot of pro shows. And a lot of our good guys move to Boston and New York. R- right. Which so. ideally is supposed to be the move. Right, right. Um, but it's also the way shows are set up. And you can't have a showcase with fucking 30,000 people on it nope. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I've never had a show that was like ran into the like double digits or anything like that. And if that. you're going to do a weekend show and like, because crowds attention spans tend to be... Anywhere from 80 to 90 minutes, maybe two hours if mm-hmm. you really want to push it. Yeah. If you're doing shows that are two plus hours, you lose a crowd's attention. Goodwill is a word I like to use. So a crowd's goodwill. They'll give you so when they don't know who you are, right? So if you're fucking Bill Burr, you have all the goodwill in the world. You can say whatever the fuck you want and get away basically with murder. But if you're you or me, no one knows who we are, they're going to give you a very finite amount of time mm-hmm. before they turn on you if right. you don't make them laugh in this certain window. Right. Because they that, have no reason to trust that you're funny enough to, to talk for five minutes say, without a joke. Trust. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Did I say trust without you? Yes, no, without... Yeah. I know. I'm a magician. You're it doesn't matter. You're fucking good. But it's one of those things. It's just... And I keep fucking saying that. I'm sorry that I do. That's the thing. But that's what the trust lies in. And like it's like, oh, you only book the same people. And it's like, unfortunately, I only really trust a handful of people. However, like for, to be honest, I show. don't have a dude. I've, I'm a, I'm technically a booker among the many dumbass hats I wear. But that's also why I don't book shows, right? Because yeah. I personally only trust a few people. Same. If you look at my track record, I try people out here and there. But like when it comes to shows that I need people to perform on, I you know there's there's a click that I kind of go back to because I know that they're gonna come my and pe- do the thing that people, they need to do. My people that I can trust has grown and it is growing. Yes, but absolutely. it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you for uh, for instance of a new guy. I don't know what he would do on a show, but he was great on words and music. Uh, Barry Dingle, aka Tim Storch, have not pumped into him. Both uh, of those names are fucking hysterical. They're one's his real name, one's his fake name. I'm fine with either. So he he's been great. He comes to my PST mic. He uh, he goes to the Cafe Nine mic, and then he had the best set of the night at the Cafe Nine mic, and he won a spot on my show, uh, Words and Music at Cafe Nine. He has. Because that's the thing. I, like I said, I love fucking... I keep fucking saying that. It's bothering me. Um, two jokes that I fucking love to death. He goes... 
He goes, I pooped a leaf the other day. Another what? clue. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the greatest signs. <laughs> one of the greatest signs of a good joke is when the setup is funny. Oh yeah, because a punchline is supposed to be funny. You've been there, done that. Like it's it, that's the whole purpose. But when people are laughing at just the premise and they're writing, because what's happening is they're writing punchlines in their head. You're getting the audience involved, where they're like, "Oh, is this where this joke goes, or is this where this joke goes?" Either way, this is funny. It's a funny thing that's happening. And if you just any decent punchline to send that one home, it's gonna be a fucking. Hysterical. And that's and that's objectively funny. That's exactly. A, it's just so funny. I love objective humor, man. No politics, no this, no that. You could be a baby. You could be fifty years old. It's funny it's right. funny i mean babies Another, don't really comprehend comedy honestly i have so. a nephew 18 months old and that kid has been getting into carlin which is crazy because he doesn't talk but he understands him yeah he was uh carlin was you know he did his whole uh you know what nobody talks about anymore pussy farts and my nephew just <laughs> lost it he barely understands english it's are you just, working a bit on me right now Santo? yep i am <laughs> Fuck. i never work bits on the show cow white give me a give me a minute that's not gonna happen it's my own show what do you mean you i know you're like no this is good enough with daniel cow white it's now mine. I didn't take it over, but I just it. wasn't going to let you have that. You're a damn good guest, though. Fuck. I try my best. You're doing great. Thanks, Holmes. <laughs> All right, Cowboy. I don't know. Maybe we're going to have to take this one home because... Uh, what time is it? How much time have we been doing? Some amount of time? It's easily an hour. And, <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep going, it's fine. I'm just going to pay for the studio time. I don't care. It's a good no, I don't. I don't want you to go over. <laughs> gr- no, no. I mean, we already went over. I planned on going over because I oh. know you're funny. I know this is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be easy for me. So, And you're definitely coming back. you got to come back semi-regularly, man. This is... My listeners if are I'm really going to like, like this If episode. I'm in town, I will. In town. We're, we're, come on, man. You're you're around. No, I, I, I'm just like... Every once in a while, all right, all right. I mean, if I don't have my mic, I mean, I usually have some tr- I usually have shit to do. I know it may not seem like I'm busy, yeah, well, <laughs> but yeah. I usually have shit to do. Yeah, uh, I'll we be, all do. Yeah, we're right. Um, oh, I love this. My fucking dad. I fucking posted. Uh, I always share music that I like, and I posted a <laughs> song from the Black uh, Black Panther soundtrack, and he put the fire signal. <laughs> Your fucking dad. <laughs> And he does not like hip hop music. <laughs> he does not. He hates it. That's funny as shit, dude. Oh, that guy's a maniac. All right, Cowit. Well, I'm definitely having you back. Um, so, so, uh, and there's not really much else to talk about the show. Um, but uh, last question I ask all my guests. Um, right. Whether or not I give up on this podcast, you know, it's always gonna. These episodes will always exist. You're putting in the zeitgeist. You'll always, yeah, exactly. They're there, and there's something I, I ask all my guests to do, which is speak something into infinity. Speak some, say something that you, you could just leave on. It could be a piece of advice. It could be a catchphrase. It could just be something that you know, with a captive audience, you want to make sure they hear. You said a lot of good things today that I think people could take away from. But if there's anything that, just a little famous last word, something people you can remember remember um, you by, I'd appreciate you. Oh, that Bugs to us. Bugs Bunny. Never take life too seriously. You'll never make it out alive. Beautiful. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It all we all it all ends the same way, right? Shit. All right, Cal White, where could people find you? Other than uh other than our show coming up, uh where could people find you? Well, this is coming out next week. Is go ahead, right? go go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's gonna be this Sunday because this our Sunday. show is Saturday. Okay. So go ahead and find that and I'm so gonna plug my stuff I, as usual. Yeah, I mentioned my open mic. Uh, At Pacific Standard in yes. New Haven, that's on Crown Street. Uh, I'm dog sitting for Joe Garricks. Uh, <laughs> Joe Garricks is a comedian <laughs> and now politician that I've yet to have on the show, but 18th, he's going. He's going to come on. Um, I'm doing a show for Franco Carafano in Stafford Springs mm. on November 20th. I did an audition show for him and did not get a call back. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so this is. A, uh, I want, please go to this one. 
Listen, uh, guys. Friends in the Hartford area. BJ Quagan, he's having a night before Thanksgiving. BJ Quagan, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, I love that dude. Um, <laughs> he was he's so fun. He's fantastic. Uh, CT Improv, uh, we're doing a show the night before Thanksgiving. So Valley New Year, I will be in Hartford. Okay, so my listeners are aware of what Valley New Year is. I know because they're all Valley rats. And that's in Hartford? Yes. Okay. That's a fantastic show. That's why I'm trying to like Cal- you guys. Listen, you guys have to come out as much as he is a dick to me. Cal White <laughs> is a funny fucking comedian. I've never not pissed myself when he's on the <laughs> mic. Go see his shows. Is that everything that you got lined up? Uh, I mean, I've got it's an, it's enough. That's enough. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's good. It's like we say on the show. Good enough. And of course, this. Uh, so th- I'm dropping this episode Sunday, which means this Saturday. This is the last time you have to hear about the show on this. Uh, this show on this podcast, everybody is. Center Stage in Shelton, Center Stage Theater in Shelton. Beautiful. Is putting on its first ever comedy show. Hey. I have been doing comedy for four years and doing theater there for three years. And they have finally entrusted me to do something I have wanted to do with them since I first walked through those doors. It's bring your own beer, it's bring your own refreshments. All you have to do is buy a cheap $20 ticket and you get to see me host. For Daniel Cowboy as your headliner, He'll Kevin Dolan as your feature, and Harper Lyles as your feature. All people you're aware of because they have all been guests on this podcast in the past month. So go check those episodes out if you didn't, and come to the show. We we just got an uh, we just got a an article in the in the Shelton Herald where I was kind of the face of, which was pretty cool and bumped my <laughs> ego up that didn't need to be fed anymore. Was but this pre or post tooth loss? This was post. This, okay. They just posted it today, okay. but uh, that would, and they wrote up a really nice thing about the show. Tickets are selling well, but we could always use more people. A sellout would be ideal because then we'll get to do this again in another couple of months. How so. many seats we talking? I think 160 oh, is a sellout. We got this. We th- I think we could pull it off because we were doing pretty well before the article. And that article, let me tell you, it is a lie. It said that I was a veteran in comedy, which, come on. <laughs> you were wounded at a I- show one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm barely an honorable discharge <laughs> in, in comedy. You're the but fucking lieutenant. You guys really need to come out to this. I'm I promise you I'm going to be on my hostiest of hosting, Yo. just killing it. I guess Cal White's Cal White's not gonna say anything nice about me, which I know y'all love. Uh Harper is funny, Kevin is funny. It's gonna be such a good show, and I'm really excited for it. We already have a good audience there. Even if no more tickets are sold, it's gonna be a good audience. But I want everyone out there. So Please come out to it. Uh, then again, I'm going to be at uh, uh, Hardcore Suites in Watertown. You've done that show before, right? Yeah, I did the last month's one. Nice, cool. So I'm going to be there with Brian Bowden, Harper Lyles, uh, Adam Parisi, who will be on the podcast very soon. That's November 22nd in Watertown. Of course, you could hit me on my socials, uh, Stephabro93 on Instagram, Stephabro on Twitter. You add me on Facebook, and uh, that's pretty much it. Cal White, do you have anything else to say to my listeners today? This has been such a fun episode. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. He's a, you know, he's, he's misunderstood. <laughs> really, really. He's the party guy. Literally. If you go to hell, it's going to be all the fun people. Mm. And, you know, Hitler. <laughs> all right. <laughs> terrible note to end an otherwise really great episode <laughs> thanks for coming by Calway. i think my listeners are going to love this episode thanks and, for having me Sonzo. and as always everyone drink more water mm. and be nicer to each other <laughs>